Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Live with Doug. We are thinking through God's Word together. Glad that you are with us on this beautiful day. October 11th, year of our Lord Jesus, 2022. Good morning, grateful. Another day to walk through wonder what the Lord has for me. Indeed. It's a good day, isn't it? Today's a special day in my family. I don't think she's listening live because I think she's having breakfast with her her boyfriend, but my uh, my daughter, my oldest, is 22 years old today. So it's especially a good day for my family as we remember back. I will never forget, uh, never forget my eyes meeting hers on the day of her birth, and uh, what a what a day that was for us. And those of you who have uh, children, especially if they're growing up, you know how that goes. Anyway, it's a good day for many many reasons. It's a good day because the Lord Jesus made this day. He's in control. He's the king. This day is not ruled over by a Russian leader or a Ukrainian leader or an American leader or a European leader or any other national entity, your boss, whoever. None of them are in control. Jesus Christ made this day. So today we rejoice. So let us rejoice and be glad in this day he made. Indeed. So we are continuing our study of Isaiah. We're in Isaiah chapter 58 today. One of the things that stands out as we go through Isaiah, actually two things. Number one, God is so patient, so long-suffering. He even said that in the passage yesterday, right? He said, uh, I will not be angry forever. If I were angry forever, you'd all be dead. I would just, I would wipe you out. There would never be a, uh, a return. There'd never be a, a good day because if I were angry with the wicked forever, uh, that just would be the end. But he's not, he is long suffering. He is slow to anger. That's important for us to remember. And especially as we look at the Jews and their history and the thousands of years where they lived in rebellion and self-righteousness and idolatry and God was patient and patient. I think of Jesus as he uh, wept over Jerusalem and said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I would have protected you. I would have gathered you like a hen gathers her chicks, but you weren't willing. Well, we see God throughout the prophets throughout the Old Testament offering to bless the Jews and protect them if they would repent and, and turn to him. We're going to see that today in Isaiah 58. The second thing is just how wicked the Jews were. We're going to see that t- today as well. So as we look at Isaiah 58, it begins this way. Cry loudly. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. And declare to my people their transgression and to the house of Jacob their sins. So here there's a command for something to cry out and to make a loud noise like a trumpet. Now, what is it? What is it in Jewish history that is related to a trumpet and a loud noise? that would declare to the Jews their sins. Anybody know? You might know what I'm getting at there. There is an association in the Old Testament 
between a trumpet, loud noise, loud crying out, and the Jews becoming aware of their transgression or their sin. So I'm going to give you a moment to uh, to answer and see if anybody knows what I'm uh, talking about here, what uh, Isaiah is referring to uh, here, and uh, we'll come back and see if anybody picks it up. So the call is to alert the Jews here to their transgression. That might be a hint to you, transgression. Verse 2, yet they seek me day by day and delight to know my ways as a nation that has done righteousness and has not forsaken the ordinance of their God. They ask me for just decisions. They delight in the nearness of God. All right, so nobody's answered this. Uh, I think this is a, a call to the law. If you remember at Sinai, when the law was given, there was a trumpet, and the law, of course, of course exposes uh, or reveals what God requires and transgression. Yeah, grateful God. There you go. Moses on Mount Sinai. The people heard a trumpet. Exactly. I think that's the illusion here in verse 1. Uh, announce the law as it was given, and that will show how the Jews have transgressed it. So he wants the Jews to understand how far they've walked away from the truth. And here he says, yet they seek me day by day. The Jews have transgressed the covenant. They've broken the law. And yet they convince themselves that they are pleasing to the Lord. And they're wondering, why why isn't he uh, responding to us? They seek me day by day. They go through their religious activities. They, they convince themselves that they're pleasing the Lord, and, and they, they want to know my ways. They, they seek me as though they're a nation that has done righteousness. They seek me as though they're a nation that has not forsaken the ordinance, the, the law. They ask me for just decisions. They delight in the nearness of God. They, they take pride in, in saying we have the Lord, you know, in the temple, the tabernacle, whatever. And they ask this question, why have we fasted and you, God, do not see? Why have we humbled ourselves and you do not notice? We don't understand, Lord. Why aren't you responding to us? Look at all we're doing. God says, here's why. Behold, on the day of your fast, you find your desire and drive hard all your workers. So, couple questions come to mind here. Number one is, what fast, what day of fasting are they doing here? Do you know how many fasts the Lord required in the Old Covenant? It, it wasn't a lot. In fact, uh, somebody, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the Day of Atonement the only required fast by God? This wasn't the norm where he wanted fasting all the time. Oh, there were occasions, of course, but as far as their ongoing uh, cultish, uh, religious uh, fasting, Isaiah's audience seems to be doing these fasts fairly often, and yet there's a hypocrisy about it. They're fasting for their own desire, and yet their workers... They are driving them hard. They're not giving them a day of fast. 
See, so you see the hypocrisy here? We're going to do this thing that makes us happy, but we're going to make sure work gets done while we're fasting. Behold, you fast for contention and strife and to strike with a wicked fist. You do not fast like you do today to make your voice heard on high. Again, the hypocrisy, God sees it. Here you're fasting and you're, you're calling out to me, but this is what your normal concern is when you fast. You want to fight. You want to strive. You want to you strike others with a wicked fist. So what apparently is happening here is they're denying themselves food and maybe some other things. And they're using that as an opportunity to fight with others, to be, literally beat others and to cause dissension. So they're, are, I don't, are they hangry? <laughs> you know what that is, right? You're, you're hungry and you're angry, hangry. Are they, are they working themselves up into this kind of uh, dissension and, and, and infighting because they're hungry, they're denying themselves. It's a, it's a prideful, uh, self-righteous kind of thing where they're living in hypocrisy and pretense, pretense and, uh, and they're causing all kinds of um, uh, turmoil brother to brother. That's not what God wants. He says, is it a fast like this which I choose, a day for a man to humble himself? Is, it, is that what he wants? Is it for bowing one's head like a reed, for spreading out sackcloth and ashes as a bed? Will you call this a fast, even an acceptable day to the Lord? See, what's happening here with the Jews is they are incorporating Canaanite ideas into their worship, into their uh, life with God. The Canaanites, and, and others did this as well, they went through all this self-sacrifice, they would deny themselves food and other good things. They would cut themselves. Uh, they would have these huge uh, orgiastic parties, which on the one hand doesn't seem like it's denial, right? It's indulgence. But on the other hand, it is all of it is, is an attempt to force the hand of their gods. And they convince themselves they deserve the gods to respond because of all that they are doing. Look at all of our sacrifices. Look at how we're putting on sackcloth and ashes. We're humbling ourselves. We're stooping over. We're fasting and denying ourselves food. And we're having these big parties to remind the gods that they are to uh, produce for us. We're, 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 we're having these, this, this, these sexual parties to remind the gods of fertility that they need to respond and grow our crops and produ produce uh, offspring from our wombs, all this. So it's a, it's a manipulation. It's a, it's a, we're doing this for you gods, so you need to respond. And that's what the Jews were doing. God didn't prescribe all these fasts, but they are humbling themselves. They're going around, woe is me, and, and denying themselves, saying, God, why don't you hear us? Look at all that we're doing. We're so humble. Look at us. Now respond. Respond. Bless us. Bless us. God says, is this not the fast which I choose? To loosen the bonds of wickedness? To undo the bands of the yoke? 
and let the oppressed go free and break every yoke. These would all be uh, social structures. These would be uh, treating one another with kindness and goodness and freeing up uh, the brother-to-brother the brother enslavement. These would be social, uh, what we would call, well, I shouldn't say this, social justice in the real sense, not the hypocrisy of our day and the, the really the racist agenda that some have in the name of social justice, but true brother-to-brother, man-to-man, human-to-human, relieving oppression and enabling men to be free from uh, hardship and, and, and control and ruling over by others so that the Jews are enjoying all the blessings of God. That, that's what he wanted. That's the kind of fast he wants. I want you to deny, right? Fasting is denying something like food. I want you to deny wickedness and the bonds that you're putting on other Jews. That's what I want. Not denying yourself food and walking around in sackcloth and ashes all the time. Is it not to divide your bread with the hungry? To bring the homeless poor into the house? When you see the naked to cover him? And not to hide yourself from your own flesh? The Jews had their hierarchies. And the elite ruling class oppressed the lower class. And God says, this is the kind of fast I want. Take care of one another. You're all my people. Feed the hungry. Clothe the naked. Do not hide yourself. And look with um, arrogance, you know, down the nose to others of your own flesh, your own people. God says, if you do that, then your light will break out like the dawn. You're wondering why I won't respond to you? It's because you're you got it all messed up. You're 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 bringing in pagan ideas instead of walking in obedience and righteousness and love for one another. If you'll repent, if you'll change, it'll be like darkness is lifting. Like there's new life here. Like the dawn has come, and you see the light. Your recovery will speedily spring forth. This is a word having to do with, with health. Uh, your, your sicknesses will be removed. All the, the, the bodily struggle that you're experiencing, I'll take it away. I'll heal you. I'll restore you. Uh, like a like new physical birth kind of thing. And your righteousness will go before you. You're, you'll walk in, in front of you. Your, your foreguard there, your vanguard, will be righteousness. And behind you, your rear guard, the glory of the Lord. Stop acting like these pagans. Stop thinking you can manipulate me with these ridiculous expressions of self-denial while you're beating one another and fighting with one another. and on. No, I'm calling you to love. If you do that, you'll be protected on all sides. You will thrive in life. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry and he will say, here I am. 
Think about that. Think about what God is laying out for the Jewish people here. This is amazing. If you will repent, if you'll get over yourself, if you will eliminate all this pagan ritual and mindset and come back to the law I gave you, to the commands I gave you, and obey them, and love one another, if you will do that, then when you call on me, I will answer you. I will hear your prayers. I will respond. In fact, you will cry and I'll say, here I am. Almost. I mean, the language here is almost like God is saying, I will be here to serve you. Imagine that. God is saying, look, this is all I'm wanting from you is obedience to my commands and I will bless your socks off. I will abundantly provide for you. That's what I meant earlier. Do you see how long-suffering and gracious, patient God is? He gave this command hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before to these people. And from day one, they've been idolaters. They made the golden calf way early on, right? They've continued to be rebellious and stiff-necked and spurn him everywhere they go. And yet here he is, all these centuries later, saying yet again, I will keep my terms of the covenant. I'll keep my end of the bargain. I will bless you. I will pour out all the abundance that I promised you in the, the covenant. If you'll do your part, if you'll obey, if you'll love one another, I will come and serve you in ways, not as, not as a slave, but, but that is kind of the language here. I, I, you'll cry and I'll be... I'll, Come and say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, the wagging of the, the finger and speaking wickedness, if you give yourself to the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light will rise in darkness and your gloom will become like midday. You're suffering, you're weighed down. You're wondering where I am. I'm right here, God says, waiting for you to do what is right instead of all this hypocrisy and the lies. And the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your desire in scorched places and give strength to your bones. Do you ever wish you had more strength in your bones? I mentioned yesterday that we uh, climbed Pikes Peak over the weekend. And uh, there were times, <laughs> the last hour, uh, we did it on Friday and Saturday. Went uh, two-thirds of the way or so up on Friday and then the rest of the way up on uh, Saturday. And There were times when I was thinking, my bones hurt. They're tired. <laughs> I need strength. Well, you can imagine day in and day out, the weariness of, of being oppressed, of being ruled over by a, a foreign nation, of, uh, of the hardship. The, remember, these people are either in exile or they are under the threat of exile. We're, as we discussed yesterday, it's hard to know exactly when this was, uh, well, we know it was written before the fall of Jerusalem because that's when Isaiah ministered. Um, but is he talking about is he talking to them? Is he talking to the people in post-exile or all of it? It applies to everybody, uh, all the Jews. And they went through various seasons of 
being oppressed and ruled over by conquering nations. Some treated them better than others. And you can imagine uh, in, in that setting of just their need, their, their weariness physically. God says, I'll give strength to your bones. Where you won't be tired and weary, you'll be strong. And, and uh, those who wait on the Lord, as he, he's already told them, will find renewed strength. You'll be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Again, the thriving, the, the, the fruitfulness, the beauty, that was all held out there for the Jewish people. Those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins. Your, your offspring, your children will rebuild the city. All the cities have been destroyed. They'll, they will thrive yet again. Your cities will be glorious. You will raise up age-old foundations, and you will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets in which to dwell. It's not too late, Jews, is what he's saying. It is not too late to find glory again. If because of the Sabbath you turn your foot from doing your own pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord, honorable, and honor it, desisting from your own ways, from seeking your own pleasure and speaking your own word, then you will take delight in the Lord and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth and I will feed you on the heritage of Jacob your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So think about the original purpose of the Sabbath. We did a whole series on this, uh, so I'm not going to go back and review it all. You can go watch that series. But the original giving of the Sabbath, remember, was a day of rest. It wasn't a day of great sacrifice. It wasn't a day to go around in sackcloth. It wasn't even really a day of what we call worship. It was a day of rest. The initial Sabbath was given to say, look, this is a sign of our covenant. This, God says, this is the sign of my covenant with you. And if this is new to you, uh, then I encourage you to go back and watch that whole series we did. It's a sign of the covenant. And you were to set apart one day out of seven, the seventh day. And not do any work. That was, that was it. That was the command. And the reason they were to set that one day apart and not do any work was to remind them that God had set them as a nation apart. And that all their prosperity, all their blessing was not because they were harder workers than the other nations, but because God was treating them uniquely. They were to make the Sabbath day holy because God had made the Jews holy. To set apart this day and simply remember, don't work, remember that God has set you apart and he's the one prospering you. So the other six days, go out and work hard and he will... Uh, he will bless that if you'll set apart this day to remember that it's not your actions, it's God's actions. But they, of course, made a mess of the Sabbath like everything else they did, and it all became about their own desires. And they 
turned the Sabbath into all kinds of things that God never intended. And God says here, if you will take it back to the way I gave it to you and stop pursuing it for your own desires, whatever those are, and do what I called you to do and delight in me and just rest and make me holy as you make the day holy to show that I made you holy, then I will give you all the blessings I promised to Jacob. And here he, ha- he lays out this promise to the Jews, even in this time when they were committing idolatry and wickedness and bringing in Canaanite expressions and so on. And of course, we know how this story plays out. The vast majority of them did not, and they suffered the consequences of their sin. Grateful says, uh, isn't the Sabbath still in effect? The Old Testament states it's a perpetual and never-ending. Is that an accurate view? Uh, No, it is not. Good question. Like I said, there's a whole series we did on this. If you want to go back and look at that, I can't remember what we called it, uh, but I think it should be obvious uh, from the... uh, uh, It's on YouTube on the different playlists there. Um, The Sabbath was given to the Jews. It was a sign of the covenant for the Jews. And it is not given to the church, um, except in the way that the entire law pointed to Christ and Jesus is our Sabbath. Uh, Hebrews 4 would uh, would lay that out. And and I'm not going to take the time now to try to unpack all that. But uh, remember in Romans 14, Paul says some people take a day and treat it special and others treat every day the same. It doesn't matter. I mean, uh, ultimately... The only way that he could say that it doesn't matter whether or not you hold one day special is if the Sabbath has been uh, fulfilled in Christ and it's no longer binding. So Jesus is our Sabbath, meaning we rest now in him and we set apart every day as holy to the Lord and we no longer need to keep a day of rest, but we rest in the Lord every day uh, kind of thing. Uh, So again, look it up. Yeah. Look through that series, and then, uh, and I think you'll find it helpful. So, for the rest of us here, as we uh, as we consider, remember all the promises of God are yes in Christ. Second Corinthians one twenty. So, as you think about God, what He's promising the Jews here, we we're not we're not under the old covenant, so we we can't just walk down and march through Isaiah fifty eight and apply this to us. But all these promises are yes in Christ. So there's at least a principle here for us that if we delight in pursuing righteousness as God has given it, if we delight in Jesus as our Sabbath rest and and fast in the sense of denying the things that are displeasing to him and striving for the things that are pleasing to him, God promises to bless us. And, And he's not looking for self-denial in a, in a pagan way. We deny ourselves sin, wickedness, and delight ourselves in the Lord, and he will prosper us. He will bless us. We will find joy and fulfillment and, and uh, abundant life. So ponder that. Think about it. Our time is up, but there's some uh, good news of God's patience here, some warnings of disobedience, and great promises given to his people. So it's worth reflecting on and praying about. Have a great day in the Lord. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care.